So Money, episode 158, Danielle Laporte. You're listening to So Money with award-winning money guru, Farnoosh Karabi. Each day, get a 30-minute dose of financial inspiration from the world's top business minds, authors, influencers, and from Farnoosh herself. Looking for ways to save on gas or double your double coupons? Sorry, you're in the wrong place. Seeking profound ways to live a richer, happier life? Welcome to So Money. Welcome back to So Money. It's day four of our Greatest Hits reruns. I'm your host, Farnoosh Tarabi. Today, I decided to re-air my interview with the wildly talented and wise Danielle Laporte. She is the creator of The Desire Map, a guide to creating goals with soul, author of the bestseller, The Firestarter Sessions, and co-creator of Your Big Beautiful Book Plan. An inspirational speaker, poet, former think tank executive, and business strategist, Danielle writes weekly at daniellelaporte.com, where over 1 million visitors have gone for her straight-up advice. And it's a site that's been deemed the best place online for kick-ass spirituality. And the site was also named one of the top 100 websites for women by Forbes. The Huffington Post included her Twitter feed in their list of 12 of the wisest Twitter accounts worth following. I really wanted to invite Danielle on the show because I just had this feeling that she would bring a really enlightened spiritual way of thinking about money to the table. We spent the first part of the interview talking about the desire map, which is a great guide to creating goals with soul. It's also a goal-setting system that she created that harnesses the most powerful driver behind any aspiration, which is your preferred feelings. And from there, Danielle opens up about how gratitude is not only part of her spiritual practice, but also part of her bottom line. What does she mean by that? She also speaks candidly about getting fired from her own company and living off of many credit cards for a while. And then, of course, her transformation. This is a -a one-of-a-kind interview with a -a one-of-a-kind lady. Here is my interview with Danielle Laporte. Danielle Laporte, it is an honor and a pleasure to have you on So Money. Thank you for sharing your time with me. Oh, I'm stoked. I I love talking about money and I love, I so love So Money. So let's do it. (laughs) Let's do it. Well, first I want to just share with the audience more about you because you are doing amazing, amazing work. And for some listeners on this podcast who may not be familiar with your work, I want you to share a little bit about what the desire map is and how uh, it can really help people achieve their goals and really tap into their most fulfilling lives. Mm -hmm. Well, here's what I figured. I figured out for myself that I had my relationship to goal setting inside out. And my observation, I've now had, I've had thousands of conversations with people intimate conversations about their versions of success and what goal setting means to them. And, um, you know, essentially we are trained to go after stuff, to, to focus externally. So we want to make our first million or our first six figures or whatever that is. We want the relationship. We want the house. We want the title. All of those things are great to have. This is not about judging what you desire. Want what you want, but be clear on why you're going after it. And, my clarity, and this is the heart of desire mapping, is that you're actually not chasing the specific goal itself. What you are going after, what is driving you, is the feeling, the feeling, underscore, the feeling that you want to feel when you reach that goal. 
And I don't think there's, I I think there are no exceptions. I mean, I'm really taking a stand for this. I don't care if you are a saint or a rock star or a CEO, you're going after the feeling. And that feeling may be, it may be vitality, it may be power, it may be sexy, it may be connection, it may be beauty. It could be a lot of things. But when you get clear on you, your core desired feelings, core desired feelings, um, and everything sits on top of that. So your goals for the quarter, for your company, what you're going to do today, your bucket list, you know, your to-do list, all becomes about generating the, those core desired feelings. Uh, for some people, it's, it's revolutionary. And how can people tap into this? You have a lot of different ways that, that your clients and your readers and your, your community can, can embrace this desire map, right? Yeah, the process is, is it's simple and profound. Um, you know, get, you do the book, do the audios. You can figure it on my website. I'm going to tell you now. Go through every area of your life. Do a stream of consciousness about what you want to feel. Narrow that down to four or five core desired feelings and do everything according to that. I mean, that's the super simple version. So for the type A's out there. (laughs) There's layers in there. There's also a whole layer Mm -hmm. about the power of gratitude, which is like scientifically proven that it, it changes how you approach things and what you attract. And then also, because I'm really about what I think is a true version of holistic, you know, there's a part of this process is about getting really clear on what's not working. So, you know, one of the, um, one of the issues I have with hyper motivational new age stuff, you know, and let's be clear, I'm a self-help author. I'm in this industry, (laughs) but one of the issues I have is that we don't look at the negative and that's just not, that's not real. That's not life. So you got to look at what sucks, Mm -hmm. what is sucking? Why does it suck? Why are you triggered and what are you going to do about it? And I guide you to not spend too much time there. You know, if we're going to, you know, if you have an hour to spend on gratitude versus dissatisfaction, you know, give, give 45 minutes to gratitude and positivity and 15 minutes to dissatisfaction. But you need to give time to both. That's, that's the point. Let's get real about this. Mm-hmm. Well, interesting you use the word gratitude but we'll get to some negative stuff in a minute. But mm-hmm. I want to start with gratitude because I've done enough interviews now with a lot of thought leaders, a lot of self-help gurus, a lot of very, very bright-minded people who have their financial lives in order. And it is what I find as a pattern, the word gratitude comes up a lot, you know, that abundance, fulfillment, freedom, all of that stems from a place of gratitude. And so as we transition now our conversation to talk more about money and how you, Danielle Laporte, personally approach your financial life, how does gratitude um, work its way into that? It's, it, gratitude is part of my, my spiritual practice. Gratitude is part of my bottom line. It is, how, it is part of my management practice. It's everywhere. You know, when I'm when I have a dip, whether it's a down day or, you know, just like I got a, the negativity of something is challenging me, I'm, I, sometimes I just, I, I have to look at the big scope things and say, you know, all of my problems are first world problems. I'm, I've, just come, I've just come from having a beautiful facial and a beautiful spa 
and I, I haven't, and I got to deal with a challenging business vendor. Like who cares? My life is good. You know, I've got so much to be grateful for. And then there's reframing the problems into things to be grateful for, seeing the gift in it. Um, but it's, it's significant for me. It is significant for me. And it's also part of how I manifest. So I'm grateful for what's here. I declare the gratitude for what I have manifested, for what I, Danielle, have done. I take full responsibility for my own creativity, my own smarts, my own love, my own capacities. I also bow in gratitude to universal intelligence and my version of God and love and the cosmos. This is, this is, a, you know, this is a dynamic relationship. I'm not doing this alone. And I also thank life, the cosmos, for already bringing me what I want. So I speak in future tense. Thank you for, thank you for bringing me prosperity. Thank you for protecting my body, my mind, my thoughts, my ideas, my possessions, the people in my life already on. Thank you for what's already on its way to me. Mm-hmm. If you had to summarize that into your own kind of financial philosophy, a truth bomb, if you will, since you've got a lot of those great truth bombs on your site, if there's a financial truth bomb that you live by that helps guide you as you make decisions day in and day out about where your money goes, how you spend, how you donate, what yeah. would that be? Generous people have more to give. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. That's the truth bomb. Generous people have more to give. Do you have a personal experience with that anecdote? Uh, I love giving. I mean, I just wrote this morning before we got on the, on the call. I'm, I'm writing out year-end quote-unquote, bonus checks for my team. There's nothing that gives me more joy. I love it. Oh, my God, I love paying people. I love (laughs) bonuses. I love giving people raises. I love paying people what they deserve. I love writing the checks to our vendors. Um, I love giving people raises. Uh, uh, Joy, why would I hold back? Why would Mm -hmm. I not, you know, and my accountant say, you're too generous. I go, really? Really, I'm too generous. It seems to be working. (laughs) <laughs> so listeners and, out there, if you're looking for a job, yeah, yeah, <laughs> careers yeah. at daniellelaporte.com. Yeah. And it's hard to get past this gate. Well, I think that that's amazing. And, and, and it probably doesn't just come from left, out of left field. You, I feel like sometimes our financial philosophies have been groomed over time and whether it happened, whether there was a moment in time or there were a collection of experiences um, our history matters, right? Our experiences matter in terms of shaping our financial frame, um, frame of mind. And so what would be one money memory for you, whether it was growing up as a kid or even just recent, uh, that you think has really helped you determine better, you know, how you want to live your financial life? There's been a few defining moments, Um, lots of defining moments. One is I found, I co-founded a company and um, and the short version of the story is we we were falling apart. We had major creative differences. We had a big 
personality gaps and irresponsibilities and it was going south. And um, I, I incorporated that company. I got fired from my own company by the CEO that I had hired myself oh my to run the company. And it was terrible. You know, they owned my Twitter identity, my Facebook identity. I had to surreptitiously get back on my own social media handles and all of that. And at the end of the day, um, I was on the hook for about 150 grand personally because I had personally co-signed a loan that the company had taken out from the bank. Mm. And I was meeting with one of my mentors who's like this really, you know, gazillionaire. And, and I was losing a bit of sleep over this. And he said, look, this is bullying. They're bullying you. This is not, you're actually not legally responsible. You can, you know, forget this. It's not your responsibility to help them sleep better at night. They want you to put a pink bow on this problem and make it nice and neat and clean for them because it's, you know, it's, it's, an, it's a mess. Uh, so I learned that was one lesson and that there's two lessons in this lesson. That was one. It's not my responsibility to make your life easier, especially if you're trying to make my life harder. I'm going to take care of myself in this. Now, the next lesson was um, I got lots of advice, legal advice, mentorship advice, et cetera, that I could... I could default, I could drag this out, I could make a deal with the bank where I paid them 30 cents on the dollar, and then I could drag it out another five years, and then the other people who had co-signed things are still involved in the company, would be on the hook for this. One of them might lose her home, her recreational property. It would be really, I could make it really bad for them. And I decided to not do that. Mm-hmm. That even though... I didn't want anything to do with anybody anymore. It was not a good idea for us to be in the same cocktail parties. I was not forgiving anybody, including myself, for their bad behavior. I didn't want anybody to lose their house. And so I personally paid back $150,000 over a five-year period making monthly payments so that the people who I really did not like anymore would not lose their homes. Wow. And that defined everything and every and this sounds really cheese but it's true every time I made those payments those five five hundred twenty four dollars and ninety seven cents it came out of my bank every month for so long I thanked life that I had the money to pay that Mm. and sometimes that's all I had extra money for was to pay that loan but (laughs) I did it and and it was those five years during paying that and starting my own thing that, you know, I created a multi-million dollar company of my own. How did you not live a moment in resentment? You know, that for me, just hearing that, I feel like that just takes a certain level of being at peace with your with your life and with that other party. I mean, how did you find it within yourself to do that? Did you just automate? Sometimes automating, right? <laughs> you, yeah, have, you didn't have yeah. to actually write the check every month. You had someone else send the money. Yeah. Um, automate's a good, I like that concept. Yeah. Well, I, I didn't feel, I was really clear about who screwed who. And I wasn't really into forgiveness. Um, I mean, I can get more into the, like the deep philosophical thing of forgiveness, but I just like, I don't ever want to work with you again. I'm not going to speak highly of you. I will tell people the truth. But 
I'm, I know who I am and I'm not, I don't fight dirty. I do not fight dirty. I stand in the truth. I protect myself. I protect other people when necessary, but I, I don't stoop. I'm not going to lower my vibration to combat the, that low vibration that I have to contend with. I'm going to fight from a higher place. I'm just going to, I'm going to exist from a higher place mm-hmm. because that is who I am. That is my frequency. That is how I walk through the world. I walk through the world with a clear conscience. I am a generous person. I deeply believe in my, my creativity, my capacity to create things that are going to help myself and other people prosper in multiple ways. I mean, just a new thought form can create huge prosperity for people, relief and comfort. Um, and I, I, I know that I'm a maker. I make, I make stuff that sells. Um, and I knew where I was going. You have to be really clear about where it is that you are going. Not where you want to go, where you are going because you are pointed in that direction because you are devoted. And I knew that even at that time, $150,000, that was huge, huge money for me. $524, that made a lot of difference in my life at that time. I mean, I'd just been canned for my company, you know. Right. I was, they were living on a lot of credit cards. But I knew I was headed towards being, having, personally being a multimillionaire and having a, you know, a very, very prosperous company. So I knew that 150 grand was going to be nothing someday to me. Nothing. Um, or and not that much. <laughs> how long ago was this? Uh, 2008. So where, where are we now? Mm, 2015. Not yeah. that long ago. I mean, 2008, I got canned in 2009 and it feels like yesterday, <laughs> you know, I never forget it, but it was also the best thing that ever happened to me as well in, in a way. Um, well, let's talk about failure. I mean, this sounds like it was a potential, it could have been a potential disaster and failure um, financially and spiritually, but you really turned it around. Is there another moment that you'd like to share that exemplifies financial failure? And the real purpose here is not to just sort of be negative, but honestly to to talk about the growth that came from that, right? And the, the lessons learned. Mm. A financial failure moment? Well, that was a big one. I mean, I can tell you, I can give you a kind of twisted lesson I learned about money growing up, which was, um, I, it was the first time I learned what a credit card was. And I got the, I was a hyper responsible kid with a hyper, um, I'd say like a, uh, let's say a very freedom based father. (laughs) (laughs) And, um, (laughs) I was opening the bills and opening all the mail that came in and kind of organizing things. This is like, I'm like 13, 14. Um, and he just went and bought a bunch of clothes at Sears. I went and got those clothes with him. And I, and I remember this plastic card and I just, and once I got the bill, I was like, oh, this is how it works. Buy now, pay later. And I thought that was awesome. I really <laughs> thought that was awesome. But, you know, when I was 18 and you get out of high school, the first thing they do is they mail you your credit card. And that really sent me down the, the credit card journey. Now, I'm, actually, I'm not actually down on credit cards, but I was not because I think credit cards exist so you can start your own businesses. That's how I started many businesses is on my, my MasterCard. But the point of the story is I never had a positive role model for earning mm-hmm. and, and the power of cash 
And I, I didn't have any, nobody taught me about freedom and money. It was about money management, not about money making. Mm. And that I, I learned on my own. Now let's share a so money moment, Danielle, a time in your life where you had what you might define as a financial win. You know, it could be for some people negotiating a raise. It could be for others getting the startup funding that they needed for their business. Um, it could for others be, you know, raising enough money to donate to their favorite charity or start a foundation. What, I mean, maybe you've had several of these experiences, but what would be one defining so money moment in your life? It goes back to what I was saying at the top of the call about paying my team. I mean, I really believe that, you know, these people are giving me, I, I mean, I get totally choked when I, these people are giving me their lives. They're giving me 40 plus hours a week for years so that their dreams can come true and my dreams can, can come true and we can do good things in the world, you know? It's like huge devotion. I really believe they should be paid what they deserve, which mm-hmm. is a lot. And so, you know, my, my so many moments come, so money moments come from the raise. Like uh, it was just yesterday. I let somebody know, she, you know, she's ready to buy a house. And um, I let them know that, yeah, they're getting a bonus this year. And they're getting a, a, a really significant raise starting in the new year. And they'll get another bonus when we launch our next project, which is this desire map licensing. And I know that that is setting her up. And I know I love giving to her because she's worth it. But also I know that like she's paying for her brother to, to take a videography course. She sent her parents to Mexico. I know that it's creating more generosity. I mean, there's somebody else on my team lives in the Philippines and, and she's able to like finance Christmas for her village because she's paying, she's being paid North American wages with us. And I also, you know, in addition to like, these people are giving me so much, these are the immediate people in my circle. Mm -hmm. I, I'm not into the glamour of writing a, a, a check for a few thousand or many thousands to a charity in Africa because it makes me look more global or more soulful or more culturally aware. I do those things. I'm I'm a big supporter of the work of Eve Ensler. Our chosen charity is V-Day, Violence Against Women, and they're working on a global scale. And and my heart is very happy about that. But if I can't take care of the people in my immediate orbit, then I don't really feel like I'm showing up for life. And... um, if you have somebody who's really in need and not making it, <laughs> who um, is working for you or is in your range, and you're not taking care of them, but you're writing charity checks, mm. I think you've kind of missed the point. Do you have a ritual, Danielle? I want to talk now about a so money money ritual, um, where it could be a habit that's either daily, weekly, sporadic, but it's a habit um, that helps you make healthier financial decisions. I check my money every day. Every day I go I to do my too. Bank. Yep. <laughs> and I go, "Hey, 
I see you. I love you. I'm grateful for you. I got my eye on you. I know what's coming and I know what's going. And even this is like, even if there's nothing to move around, there's nothing to do or transfer or pay. I just go, gotcha. I see you. I respect you. I like to think of it as I'm honoring the numbers. Like you're there. Thank you. I acknowledge you. Every, everything just wants to be seen. It's just, it's an energetic wink. I love it. I love it. Okay. So this is the part of the interview. We're almost to a close here. It's kind of like a, like a, uh, a fast Mad Libs version of so money where you fill in the blanks. Okay. Great. I love this. Yeah. <laughs> if I win the lottery tomorrow, I would. <sighs> Keep doing what I'm doing and give a lot away. Hmm. The one thing that I spend my money on that makes my life easier or better is? Uh, Food delivered to my door. Now, your biggest guilty pleasure that you spend a lot of money on? Uh, None of my pleasures are associated with guilt, but I know (laughs) what you're getting at. Um, Facials. Facials. One thing that I wish I'd known about money growing up, we kind of touched on this earlier, but... Let's recap. What What's something that you wish you had learned about money as a child? Compound interest. Hmm. And this also we touched on, but it's worth repeating. When I donate money, I like to give to because? Specifically, I give to V-Day. I give to anything that is going to heal women because when you heal women, you heal you heal the complete culture. Globally, I agree. And I'm so money because. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, I am so money because I treat money like I treat a good lover. Hmm. I pay attention to it. And I'm not overly attached. (laughs) Oh, yeah. that's But you do keep an eye. Yeah, but it's, it's like a love relationship. Mm-hmm. You you give it attention. You give you know you treat you give your man the attention he deserves, and then there's lots of space. <laughs> there's lots of space. Danielle Laporte, thank you so much for joining me. I've learned an incredible amount. We're going to share your links on the podcast website and tell us where we can follow you on social media. I'm everywhere. I'm you know I'm everything is at daniellelaporte.com. I'm on Twitter, I'm on Facebook, Instagram, Pinterest. It's all there. Well, we will definitely find you. And thank you again. Have a great new year. Mm, That's a wrap. If you'd like to learn more about Danielle, her website is daniellelaporte.com. She's also on Twitter with the same handle, Danielle Laporte. All this information at somoneypodcast.com as well as the transcripts. And keep your questions coming. You can go over to somoneypodcast.com, click on Ask Farnoosh, and there you can uh, send me your questions and your concerns about money, work, or life, maybe even some guests that I've had in the past or guests you'd like to see. And there's a really good chance that I will answer it this coming weekend, if not the following weekend. 
And if you'd like a free 15-minute money session with me, go to iTunes, leave a review, and every Saturday I pick one new reviewer to receive a free 15-minute money session with me. It's very valuable for the both of us. I learn a tremendous amount about my listeners. So if this interests you, I would love for you to do that and thank you in advance. Thanks for tuning in. Tomorrow we got Gretchen Rubin as a rerun. I'm very excited to re-air that. In the meantime, I hope your day is so money. Money.